0: From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Seren, And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told and you are among friends. Carlos Cagina is my technical producer, Ryan White is the live stream producer, and we are live streaming on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Be sure to hit the red sub button. We're just a handful of subscribers away from 24,000. Let's see if we can put it over the top tonight. Terry James is with me in the first hour to discuss today's chaos and the turmoil and growing rage. Uh, He'll do that from a biblical perspective. He'll discuss globalism in the Bible and some interesting parallels between what is happening today with the pandemic and the way it's being handled by governments and institutions and how the Old Testament figure, Joseph, how he handled the seven years of famine in Egypt 4,000 years ago. I was just reading this in a, a new book lawless end times war against the spirit of antichrist. Terry James is the general editor and the parallels between COVID and how again, Joseph handled the seven years of famine in Egypt, 4,000 years ago, an old friend from Kentucky, Steve Asher, folklorist, writer, storyteller. He joins me in the second hour. Steve has been with me before on this program, on my podcast, conspiracy unlimited many times And of course, he's joining me on Coast to Coast AM. He's been with me in the past to discuss his previous works, the three volume Haunted Kentucky series, Haunted Kentucky. But he's back with two new collections of high strangeness from his home state Curious Counties from Kentucky, Curious Counties from Kentucky, Dang Strange and Mostly True Tales. And the second one, Short Stories for Darker Nights, and is always. A wild ride when Steve Asher drops by. That's our two. So where is all this uncertainty, geopolitical and cultural, societal upheaval headed? Why is there such a divide? Why such anger and hatred and anxiety? Could it be that all of this tumult and fear and panic constitutes a major indicator of how near we are to the end of this age as prophesied In the Holy Bible, let me lift a passage or two from Lawless, End Times, War Against the Spirit of Antichrist. Terry James, the General Editor. In the foreword by Wilfred Hahn. Vladimir Lenin, the one-time head of Soviet Russia, was reported to have said, There are decades where nothing happens, and there are weeks where decades happen. Breathtakingly, an acceleration of that magnitude appears to have unfolded, In the early months of 2020, no sooner than the COVID-19 pandemic spread across the world, a new future seemed to have already been well pre-planned. One cannot be blamed for thinking that a cadre of policymakers around the globe had been waiting for the next crisis. A crisis, whatever their kind, act as catalysts in human affairs. Panicked fears and societal uncertainties serve as an impetus for new and unorthodox policy decisions by political leaders and policy makers. Of course, many of these are well-meaning, but many others have deleterious consequences. However, one doesn't need to invoke far-fetched conspiracy theories to explain why crises come about or how they're triggered and how they prey upon common and predictable human behaviors. In this respect, Crises are a normal feature of mankind's societies. They have been the constant companion of human existence. Crucially, however, there is one conspiracy of cosmological dimension that has been playing out over many generations of humans. It is one that requires no speculation, being clearly mentioned in the Bible. A master of intrigue will arise. That's from Daniel. He will take his stand against the Prince of Princes. The power behind him is Satan himself. Also, Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 reveals that all the world's rulers will take a stand against God at that time, a hierarchy of evil and dark forces work in unison and coordination to that goal. Terry James, as I said, is the general editor of this new book called Lawless, End Times War Against the Spirit of Antichrist, and the, uh, the book is a collection of essays or chapters by 16 different authors, including the foreword, which describes how globalists are leading the world, wittingly or unwittingly, towards the three-and-a-half-year period described in the Bible as the Tribulation, to be followed by three-and-a-half years known as Jacob's Troubles. Terry is author, general editor, co-author of numerous books on Bible prophecy, hundreds of thousands of which have been sold worldwide. He's a frequent lecturer on the study of end times phenomena and interviews often with national and international media on topics involving world issues and events as they might relate to Bible prophecy. He's appeared in major documentaries and media forums in all media formats in America, Europe and Asia. His other book projects include Antichrist and the Final Solution, The Chronology of the Future Finally Unveiled and Discerners, Analyzing Converging Prophetic Signs. For the end of days, Terry James, welcome. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thank you, and I appreciate your uh, inviting me on your program.
0: My pleasure. So, I want to talk about this parallel that is discussed in the foreword of the book by William Hahn, and it's absolutely striking. So, just sort of set the stage for us regarding Joseph in, uh, well, in the book uh, of Genesis. That,
1: that's from a fellow countryman of yours, Wilfred Hahn. He's a dear friend, been... And- my friend for a long time, and he agreed to write the foreword. I'm still going over in some cases of what exactly, because I have had a traditional look at Joseph, of course, as a Christian, and Wilford has too, but he applied it in an economic sense, and some of the things we're seeing, I think. Joseph, of course, was taken into Pharaoh's government organization after years of Proving himself to be a worthy fellow, had been captive there in in Egypt, so Joseph came up with a. He told there was going to be a, a dream that the Pharaoh had, and talking about seven years of bad economic conditions, and so he wanted Joseph to uh, interpret this dream. I, I can't go into all the details because I can't remember the exact details of uh, something to do with cows, uh, seven lean years of, of uh, cattle, and so forth. Uh, being taken away from Pharaoh's uh, economy. So Joseph interpreted the dream for me. He knew Joseph was God's man, he was interpreter of dreams, and so he interpreted it, and the Pharaoh was so impressed that he turned uh, the economy of Egypt over to Joseph made him more or less the prime minister, Mm -hmm. put him in second.
0: He went from prison where he was, interpreting dreams of fellow prisoners. I guess the Pharaoh caught wind of this. This person has a gift. The pharaoh has this strange dream, seven years of famine, and he summons Joseph forward. And as you say, he turns the keys to the kingdom, the empire, over to Joseph. He says, here, you have to handle this famine. How are we going to do it?
1: Yeah. And it was so bad, you know, and its interpretation of the dream was so bad in that it was going to destroy the pharaoh's uh, economic income stream, I guess you say. And so he turned it over to Joseph as i understand it joseph went through several different things with regard to he saved grain up for seven years so that there would be seven years of good and grain whenever this thing hit and uh to be honest with you you probably know more about this than i do because it's been a while since i've read this uh, this particular part of the book
0: what's striking and i've always felt or understood joseph to be sort of a christ-like figure We don't really hear about his sins in the Bible. Obviously people that came from the line of David, including King David, were very far from perfect. But we don't hear a lot of bad things about Joseph and so we are he's kind of a Jesus type and yet
1: he is. Jesus type and and Daniel was the same way. You know, neither Daniel nor Joseph you find anything bad spoken about them in the Bible. They were God's men through and through. that's one reason he was so trusted, I guess, by the Pharaoh, was the fact that he was such an honorable, upstanding man. But the way Wilford presented it, it's not confusing to me, but it's been so long. honest with you, I didn't know he was going to approach it from this angle, or I would have really studied up what Wilford said. Maybe you know more about what he said than I do on this particular part of the book.
0: All right, what struck me was that the way that Joseph handled the famine was, yes, he stored up the grain during the seven years of bounty. And made sure that they had a huge surplus to ride them through the famine period, which was smart. He was a good steward of the resources. But then what he did was he opened up the grain houses during the famine. He didn't give the grain to the poor or to the hungry. He sold it to them. He sold it. And he put that money into the pharaoh's coffers. And then when people's money started to run dry and we had this liquidity crisis, and we're familiar with that problem these days, He demanded that the people, not only of Egypt, but the whole, you know, Canaan and and elsewhere, to give them their cattle in payment, to give them their land, and eventually to basically put themselves into servitude to the Pharaoh for the rest of their lives in order that they might eat. Now, this hardly seems like a Christ type. He wasn't being very charitable, was he?
1: No, he was not, But and the Bible says nothing bad about that at all. His, But it also does not laud the system that he chose to do. But it does show how a parallel to uh, how things are going now and how human government has tended to do the same thing, particularly in, I guess you would say, communist-type uh, situations where they eventually take everything from the people and put them in servitude, as you say. And so it's a, it's a real contradiction, I think, of some people would say, of a biblical truth, giving Joseph all this praise and being Christ like and everything, and then getting people involved in servitude that will basically enslave them to the state, which is really what happened. But the difference is here is that uh, Joseph, of course, was godlike in his, uh, godly, I guess you should say, in his deportment and in his conduct. And you had God. Behind Joseph doing these things or allowing these things. And so you had more or less a godly basis behind all that happened here. But in this world that we live in now, this is not done with any godly men or godly people backing government. I mean, there may be some there, but the basic thing is uh, raw power, raw uh, politics, raw economics, in which uh, the few want to have their governments, their coffers filled by the people, and so the difference is is God is behind, was behind one system, or at least he was backing it up. Now, that's about as far as I can go with it, but not in today's world, which is basically the same thing in which all people are being brought into servitude. That's the way I briefly see it.
0: Right, although Joseph did make Pharaoh, I mean, he was powerful to begin with, but he certainly solidified or cemented mm-hmm. his position in the known world, really, um, as you know the most powerful person as this central unifying uh, figure he also he also instituted some some forms of taxation which are still with us today uh so again the parallel is with what's happening today is we are we are hearing Uh, These are rumblings and rumors, for example, up here in Canada, there is this rumor that uh, the federal government may try and dip into uh, Canadian savings accounts to try and stimulate the economy, how they'll do that. I don't know. There are even rumors that, you know, we may have to give up private property. We may have to we may have to surrender sovereignty and embrace international institutions as as a way of. Basically ensuring our survival mm-hmm.
1: well it's the same here in the United States. I mean you know with the trillions and trillions of dollars of of um that's being spent on programming with nothing to back on them It's just a printing press uh, type thing. most people well some of the the top economists and uh they they can't see anything but a collapse and um and uh that this thing is not going to work, and eventually people are going to have to pay the price uh, they're going to have add, to up in some way and still it won't be nearly enough to cover the trillions of dollars of debt that can be extrapolated out to literally two or three hundred trillion dollars here in this country uh, according to the people I've read um, If things keep going like they are there's no way to ever replay, pay this debt so what it all means I think uh, ultimately as far as in God's words, God's prophetic word is Revelation chapter uh, 13 verses uh, 16 through 18 about the marks and numbers system that Antichrist will eventually establish uh, that there's going to have to be this reset we've been hearing about. And uh, this reset, they uh, think ultimately, at uh, least biblical scholars do, those who take eschatology seriously uh, believe that this reset will eventuate in the Antichrist marks and numbering system of Revelation 13, verses 16 through 18, which says all people are forced to to accept a mark and a number and basically worship the antichrist and the number of his name in order to be a part of this economic system and uh, of course the bible uh, says that anybody who takes that mark are are eternally doomed their souls are eternally doomed they cannot be uh, they cannot be redeemed if they if they take this mark and worship the antichrist and And so that's where we believe that it's all leading. Um, That's one reason we believe that Satan has uh, been uh, instrumental in setting up this sort of a uh, failed economic system, because there will have to be a reset of sorts. Uh, That's just what that's what the secular economic gurus have named it, uh, and particularly the globalists, Agenda 30, and all that kind of thing. The UN have named it as this is a reset coming, and. and uh, of course, they're talking about a secular reset coming uh, as part of their agenda, and uh, that's one reason that the United States they want the United States sovereignty to come down because we have the whole world has got the dollar at the as the basis currency of the world. This is going to have to be changed. The United States is going to have to have to handy up more, and Donald Trump, of course, wants to handy up handy up less. And that would never do, and we saw the hatred that came against him day after day. So it's a globalist plot, a globalist plan, we believe. Anyway, I do. I believe it, and and most of those who hold to the eschatological view that I hold believe that it's all uh, a globalist plot uh, that is uh, part of the coming antichrist system, even though it's probably unwitting on the part of... uh, I doubt that uh, very many of the people on the globalist side realize uh, exactly... Who they're serving, or what their ultimate purpose, uh, or uh, right? Uh, they they,
0: they may be. be. They may think uh, that they are acting, not necessarily that they would make this connection, but they are being like a Joseph type, in that they are t- doing their level best to try and ensure the survival of of humanity through this crisis. And the other thing that I I I, I want to point out is what this is not to suggest that that covid is is a hoax or that it was was created by we don't know you know how it came about the point is that throughout history there are these crises are seized upon when they happen not necess- we're not discussing how they happen but when they happen there is always uh, an organization or a group of individuals that seize upon that crisis for, for their own agenda
1: well, that's right. That's what that's what Wilford was talking about in the in the opening there. You you mentioned you read part of a you know, good crisis. You know, uh, one of Obama's men said that you know never let a good crisis go to waste. That's uh, part of the Democrat philosophy, uh, at least you know the um, the liberal Democrat, uh, the liberal side of the Democrat Party's philosophy. Never let a good crisis go to waste. And certainly, however it came about, uh, the this Muhan virus or the uh, COVID, whatever you want to call it, um, has certainly created a crisis. And of course, Satan is a is a plotter. He is a um, he's a chess player. He's going to lose. He's already lost. Jesus said it's finished on the cross, so he's already lost. But history's got to play out, and uh, he's a he's a plotter, and is and a, probably the most brilliant creature God ever created. when he before he fell. And so uh, he knows that this crisis was coming, whether he helped create it or not. I believe he did. Uh, But uh, whether he did or not, he knew this crisis was coming. And certainly he is using it masterfully, I think, to lead the entire world into a a globalist uh, lockdown, a globalist configuration. And uh, so it's playing out day by day. Only God's restraining hand will slow it. I think he slowed it for four years or so. And uh, his restraining hand seems to have been taken off just a bit here because I believe that God is about to let history wind up into its uh, final, uh, most final uh, configuration. And uh, so we're going to have to move into globalism, the Bible says, a globalist-type thing, in order to bring about the antichrist regime because that last seven years of uh, as you said the first three and a half years of tribulation sect have jacob's trouble it's all tribulation but uh... but uh... It, everything is set up for that now we already see everything set up for it even even the electronic funds transfer system uh... out of which i believe will come I, the uh, ultimately there's a reset so
0: I, I we'll do you want to get into the uh, the. the The Money Snare, as uh, as discussed in Lawless, End Times, War Against the Spirit of Antichrist. The General Editor, Terry James, my guest, back with more in a moment. Stay with us.
1: When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett.
0: Terry James, General Editor of Lawless, End Times War Against the Spirit of Antichrist. Earlier, we were talking about the parallels between uh, Joseph and uh, Interpreter of Dreams, of course, one of the 12 sons of Jacob in the uh, the, the Bible, and uh, how he, he saved millions of lives during the seven years of famine. This happened 4,000 years ago, keep in mind. It's all uh, laid out in the book of Genesis. And uh, which and it's often been said and pointed out also in the foreword of the book, how how uh, basically the whole biblical narrative and human history is all summed up in Genesis. It's all laid out right there. So this parallel between how Joseph handled the famine, uh, you know, storing up uh, massive amounts of grain as a surplus during seven years of bounty and then to ride out the famine, he opened the uh, the granaries, but he didn't give it to people. He sold it to them, and when they were out of money, he took their cows and their cattle and their modes of transportation, horses and horses and donkeys, and everything went to Pharaoh, enriched the Pharaoh, became incredibly powerful, uh, and, and, and when people had nothing left to barter for their grain, to eat bread, to make bread, to survive, they basically sold themselves into servitude to Pharaoh and, uh, for the rest of their lives, really. But rather than being angry at Joseph, I guess they were thankful. Uh, and here we are now with COVID. And um, let me again just quickly crib here from the foreword of Lawless. It may well be asked if Joseph's actions indeed saved millions of lives, then does anything else matter? Wasn't the trade off worth it? Putting entire populations into vassalage and widening even further the imbalances of the wealth distribution. That may appear to be the same type of situation faced by those who are currently making policy decisions about the public response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Should we save everyone from dying from the virus, but completely destroy the global economy and place massive debts upon the shoulders of citizens? How can it be ensured that the stimulus of massive new indebtedness created by fiat will be distributed fairly? Is everyone being forced into economic bondage? Attempts may be made to achieve fairness, but it would be foolishness to believe that mankind's I like this line primordial unfaithfulness with money will suddenly turn benevolent. Pharaoh, as we have shown, ended up being super rich. The same tendency is at work today, especially so when crises are seized as catalysts for major health heists and transfers so um Terry, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about this you know this money snare and how we are being sort of roped into accepting, I guess, what is ultimately the mark of the beast, right? But how do we know what the mark of the beast is? Because there, obviously there's, a, there's, a, there's going to be deception here. And for years, people thought that maybe the the barcodes on certain products, oh, that's the mark of the beast. And then they thought computers or whatever. Uh, how do If there's deception at play, how can someone be blamed or or uh, sentenced to um, eternal damnation for taking the mark?
1: Well, you would have to you would have to pose that to the the God of Heaven who wrote the book. <laughs> I can't answer that, but I do know that it, it involves the fact that this will not just be accepting the mark uh, and, and in order to get into an economic system and survive that way, it will because these people will will be turning themselves over in worship to Satan himself. Uh, who will be indwelling the Antichrist, according to that. He he will indwell the Antichrist at the midway point of the Tribulation, three and a half years in the Tribulation. He he will go into the Temple and declare himself to be God, and the false prophet, who is his sidekick, will demand everybody worship the beast or be killed. And uh, they can survive this system, either won't be beheaded or they won't starve at it because they um they have refused the mark if they take the mark well then uh, that is uh, agreeing to uh that is agreeing to uh to worship the antichrist rather than god and god says that that will make them unredeemable now whether it's the, the mark itself once they take it that somehow changes their genetic code that destroys the redeemable soul or whatever well, I don't know that that's uh far beyond my pay grade, you know, but uh, God says it, God's word says it, I believe it, uh, it's going to happen, and so it says in in Revelation chapter 14 that uh, those who take the mark uh, have no chance to be redeemed, and uh, that's God's decision, that's God's uh, word on it, so um, you know, we'll have to speculate beyond that. A lot of people think that you know, I've had about, I don't know how many people, we have a we have a uh, website which is really, has been the largest website on the internet for Bible prophecy called raptureready.com. And, and so we write columns there and everything, and um, our, our emails are there. And, and people, I don't know how many people have written me uh, throughout the last uh, couple of months uh, asking about this, uh, this vaccination. Is it the mark of the beast? Well, no, it's not. It, that won't happen until the church has gone from this fear. Uh, the restrainer is gone, and uh, it says in Second Thessalonians chapter two that uh, as long as the restrainers are restraining uh, evil, uh, well, um, there's still a chance for redemption. Therefore, the mark of the beast is not uh, the, the Antichrist will not appear until after the church is gone. So, uh, so uh, the system that he institutes cannot be prevalent. Therefore, this current vaccine. Uh, that everybody might be forced to take at some point is not, not the mark of the beast. and Your soul will still re- be redeemable. I'm not going to advise anybody on whether to take it or not, but uh, your soul, it will not affect your soul as far as it's uh, being uh, redeemable or not.
0: Ah, so this is interesting. The timing of the rollout, of, if you will, of the mark, the timing is crucial here. So the church has to fall away before the mark of the beast is introduced.
1: Well, um, the fall away—that's an interesting term too. Uh, apostasia, uh, the apostasy, the falling away. This can, this is taken two ways, and it—and it. Let me tell you something. I studied it very in depth. I did a book on it, um, the departure. I call it the book. And uh, uh, again, we had several, a number of authors that wrote in this book. Uh, the the apostasia, the falling away here in Second Thessalonians chapter two. Uh, can mean two things. It can mean a spatial departure, uh, which uh, is, would be the rapture of the church. I mean, literally disappearing. Or it could mean a a spiritual departure, departing from the faith. I think it has a, according to all I've read, and the the Greek words used in its uh, in its writing, I believe that it includes both uh, both a spatial departure, the rapture of the church, a falling away of the church. And um, and I believe it also, uh, the spiritual departure, which I think we see happening, a, a defection of the faith. There's not nearly as much faith. Jesus said, when I return, will I find any faith on the earth? Uh, and that came from the Lord himself. So um, so this is interesting. But the fact is that um, uh, that the church, in my estimation, I believe on pre-tribulation wrath, uh, rapture, is uh, that before God's wrath will fall on a degenerate reprobate, and the rebellious world of the church will be taken out so that it will not, that is, all born-again believers, believers in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation, will be taken out before, uh, before that time of uh, wrath that must fall from God for the rebellion that uh, earth dwellers have against him. And uh, so I think that's what Second Thessalonians chapter 2 is all about. So people who don't have to worry about uh, taking a vaccination from the standpoint of losing their re- redeemability
0: now how close are we when you look at the you know the monetary steps that are being taken how close do you feel we are to whatever currency or mark that that uh, he i guess has in mind for us how far are we along if we're looking at a clock are we one minute to midnight the, five minutes uh,
1: you know the the technology all exists right now for computer marks and numbers and uh I think that the technology ha- exists right now and has existed for some time. Now all we have to do is see the tearing down of national sovereignties and a and a, uh an imposition uh, through a reset or whatever of a, of a global economic system that we already have electronic trans- transfer between central banks all across the world and banks all across the world. But uh, but still we have cash and we have
0: uh, we have
1: other ways and the dollar is still of the. Uh, still the uh, uh basic uh, uh monetary uh currency of of the world and these things are going to have to come down and we see them being taken apart day by day uh, at least from my uh, from my perspective so we're very close i would say that uh, the next event on God's prophetic calendar uh, that there is no sign that precedes must precede the rapture of the church and that's the next thing is uh, And that's what's going to bring everything crashing down, I believe. And I think Jesus pointed this out in the Olivet Discourse, Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 42. And he said it would be just like the days of Noah and the days of Lot. And the very day that Lot went out of Sodom, was taken out of Sodom by the angels to Zor, that very day judgment began to fall. And Jesus said it would be just like that the next time that uh, he catastrophically intervenes. That,
0: that uh, the oh, Lord right, Terry, I have has to.
1: Revealed.
0: I have to. I have to take a, a quick time out here. We'll come back. I want to talk about another crisis that some believe is being seized upon by globalists, and by extension, I guess the uh, the forces uh, involved in the spirit of Antichrist, and that is, of course, uh, climate change. Is that, in fact, another such crisis being used to further? Uh, The Spirit of Antichrist. We'll come back and discuss further with Terry James, General Editor of Lawless, End Times War against the Spirit of Antichrist, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us.
1: The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarratt.
0: Lawless, End Times War against the Spirit of Antichrist. Terry James is General Editor, and this is published by Defender Publishing. And uh, incidentally, you can um, you can find this book and other books by Terry James, including ones that he's co-authored with Thomas Horns at SkywatchTV.com. Thomas Horn, rather uh, SkywatchTV.com. And um, we were talking about uh, how these globalists seize upon these crises, and um, the other one, of course, that we hear so much about is global warming, which then later turned into climate change because, well, they kind of moved the goalposts when uh, the the modeling wasn't working out the way they they said it would and water levels, sea levels weren't rising. They they stopped calling it global warming and started calling it climate change. Um, So do you also see that as as part of this spirit of the Antichrist?
1: Well, yes, I do. I believe that's going to be the mantra around which... uh the false prophet is going to build his uh, his uh, false religious system once uh, the r- church is gone from this earth. It says in Revelation chapter 17, of course, that the harlot, the harlot about the uh, prophecy of the harlot riding the beast. That's a false, uh, a false w- religious worship system. Uh, again, Grant Christ is going to demand worship, uh, and uh, this is going to be the system that his sidekick, the uh, I guess you would say the Pope of his, uh, his religious system uh, is going to uh, implement. And I think that it's going to be, uh, let's say, Mother Earth. Mother Earth worship is going to be uh, the mantra around which this thing is being built. And I think that is the reason we see so much uh, clamor over climate change now, uh, the Paris Accords and all of this, and we've been seeing all of this, and they threw such a fit. When Trump took uh, you know, America, for example, out of this, quit quit sending so much money to uh, to pump this thing up and so forth. There's always been climate change. It is true. We, we it's cyclical, and uh, and uh, we know that uh, it's, there's going to be climate change. But uh, they're saying that mankind, of course, is destroying the planet through um, the use of um, excessive. Um, Carbohydrate,
0: carbon dioxide.
1: Yeah, yeah carbon dioxide. All this kind. Of, yeah, that kind of thing. And uh, and so, um, you know, the carbon footprint. They want the nations of the world to pay the, car, pay the carbon footprint tax. Now it's funny they don't ask India or China to pay it uh, because they know they won't. China in particular, but they want America's billions to pay it. And they threw a fit when Donald Trump took the uh, United States out of this. Again, American sovereignty has to come down, and this climate change mantra—it's it's, it's, a—it's a—it's a religious uh, worship system, a secular religious worship system, and and so we're going—we've got going to save the planet, which is an at for nonsense. Only man can destroy this planet. Only only man can save it. They say, well, no, God's in complete control of this planet at all times. He created it. Only he can save it or destroy it.
0: Now. Uh... I mean, I, I, I'm i on the same page. I, I think that the um, the evidence for man-made global warming or man-made climate change simply is not there. And we, we don't need to, you know, debate that now or go into it. I think we're on the same page. But I'm wondering, and I'm also speaking as an Orthodox Christian, do we not put ourselves in a bit of a difficult situation by um, sounding like we're anti-environment, but also, things like uh, sustainable development, in which again, it's that's a it's it's an innocuous sounding term, but the the devil is in the details. Things like social justice, again, what does that mean? Justice for whom? And at whom's exp- whose, is exp- whose expense? But I'm wondering, like, how do, we, do you um, respond to critics who 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 say that Christians are being intolerant, or you're anti-environment, or you're anti. Uh, poverty, uh, or uh, sorry, you're 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 um, you're you're not fighting poverty, or you're not f- fighting for the environment, or you're not fighting for social justice. How do you respond to that?
1: Well, that's just ridiculous. Uh, we Christians are uh, put it at the very heart of the the Christian message that we're to love people more than love people more than ourselves. That's the first commandment. I mean, the second commandment: first, to love thy God with all thy heart, and. The, and the second is to love people, uh, your neighbors like yourself, love, love them like you do, like you do God. So that's ridiculous. We put, uh, you know, the churches, church organizations have traditionally done tremendous work to help people, uh, and to say that we don't, uh, care for the environment is just absolutely ludicrous. We have to live here and breathe the air too. Of course we do. We just don't believe that you have to, uh, Tax people to death in order to to enrich your coffers, particularly at the apex of uh, government, in order to so so that bloated bureaucracies can can have a, have an easy way of life. In order to uh, in order, order to uh, to make the environment clean and so forth, we should all do our part. We're we're totally for that. Uh, but this is Satan's way of saying you know accusing Christians. Well, you don't you don't. Like people, you're against people. You're against a, a clean planet. Well, that's absolutely just a lie. He's the father of lies. And the people who fall for that mantra, they're they're his children, if they, if they believe that and, and follow his line. It's, it's all lies. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a Christian man. I'm no, almost 79 years old now. And uh, all of my life I've been taught my parents from the time I was a child that you should respect your, your environment. You should clean up after yourself. If you go out, you don't throw milk cartons after your, at your recess, whatever, on the ground. You pick them up. You put them. in. And besides that, if you didn't, uh, your teachers would have you by your ear and, <laughs> and uh, would show you that you do. So, but see, all of that's changed now. You can't do that in schools anymore. You know, you can't you can't teach moral principles anymore like that as, as much as you used to. You got to do the ridiculous things like. That you can have any be any sex you want to be, you can go to any bathroom you want to go, and all well, of a Okay, uh, we, Terry, I got
0: got to jump in here. Uh, we got to uh, take a timeout, um, and uh, we will pick it up on the other side. One more segment to go. We'll take some questions and comments as well from our YouTube live chat. Terry James Lawless, the spirit of the Antichrist, right here. You're listening to the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Just a reminder, coming up at the top of the hour, Steve Asher will be uh, with us to discuss, well, he's a folklorist, and we'll get into some high strangeness from the great state of Kentucky. Terry James stays with us a few moments yet. Lawless, end times war against the spirit of Antichrist. A couple of questions here, Terry, from our YouTube live chat. And uh, we have some interesting handles here. People don't give their, their real names. Stardust Freedom Journey asks... Uh, how are you personally preparing for the end times, uh, Terry?
1: Well, first, the very first thing I, I am prepared uh, for the end times is to know Jesus Christ as my Savior, because he's the only hope we have. Jesus uh, is, is the blessed hope of Titus 2.13, looking for our Lord and Savior the blessed hope from heaven to rescue us from the coming of the wrath to come. And the end times involves um, God's wrath against us. Uh, rebellion uh, and uh, that's what's going to happen the last seven years as you mentioned the tribulation era uh, ending with the last three and a half years of God's wrath uh, pouring out in twenty-one specific judgments uh, there was the seals, the trumpets and the bowls wrath the judgments that are plainly laid out and it's not pleasant to think about so the first thing to do is to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and, um, and as far as prepping you can't prep for a thing like that if you're going to go into that uh, into that setting that tribulation uh, god jesus said himself in, in Matthew 24 uh, all of that discourse account he said that it's going to be a time like there never was before never would be again so horrible would it be nobody would sur- no flesh would survive he said if he didn't return when he did so jesus christ is the hope and that's how i'm preparing i'm i'm relying on him
0: so, in other words, there's no point in trying to ride it out by, by um, storing food and, and fresh water the way that, you know, when Joseph was managing the famine in Egypt, no. building up food stores. There's not no. enough food in the world to save you. So, no,
1: sir, there's if, not, and, and it's, good, it's, good to, it's good to do that in this, on this side of the tribulation. It's good for crises like we did in Arkansas here. We just had 24 inches of snow, or 20 inches of yes. snow. Very unusual here, and we, we needed those kind of supplies.
0: Right. So if for those that do take the mark and they are continued, they are allowed to continue to work within the, uh, the, the beast system, if you will, and, and continue to work and feed their families and so forth, um, they, they'll be they'll be riding out the tribulation. Is that the idea until the final judgment or will they, too, be deceived and end up being destroyed?
1: Well, if they take that mark, they are unredeemable. Uh, and i don 't know how they 're going to feed their if if you 're forced to take the take the mark and worship the beast, and it says they will either take the mark or be killed. well, it says that millions are going to be uh, uh martyred at that time uh by beheading others are going to be starved out of the system uh, because they 're trying to hide or whatever and uh and so it's just a, it's a very untenable situation. That's why people need to know the Lord now before the tribulation. Accept Him as Savior now, so they don't have to go through this time.
0: And what what is your view on uh, the rapture? For those that refuse to take the mark, uh, will they be raptured? Will they be spared the worst aspects of Jacob's troubles, the tribulation? You
1: no, know, the rapture comes before the tribulation begins. See, that's uh, that's a pre-tribulation rapture. And the tribulation will come, but the rapture will come first uh, before this uh, the church is removed uh is the time for salvation that's the time to call on Christ now many will be saved after the tribulation, but they'll have to endure uh, during that era and uh God will i'm sure protect his own in his own way at that time, but many will be killed, but not their souls destroyed if they're hit, right. if they if they're saved after after the after the tribulation begins.
0: So how is it How is it decided, do you suppose, who will be swept up in the pre-tribulation rapture and, and those who, who are still believers but will have to ride out the, the, the tribulation?
1: All who go into the tribulation, if you read the Bible carefully, all who go into the tribulation are lost. There will be nobody going into the tribulation who is saved. Uh, there will be many saved afterwards because there will be 144,000 Jewish witnesses that will uh, administer the gospel to people, and they'll believe, and they will be saved. In but going into the tribulation, when the, when the church is removed, every every believer is removed. Every believer in Christ is removed, and uh, then uh, that's when uh... gods uh, wrath and the wrath of the antichrist and this beastly system will begin. But there will be many saved during the tribulation era. But see, I believe, and I, the Bible. I believe the Bible teaches this is God's character. There won't be one baby left on this planet, one child below below the age of accountability left on this planet. That will be another maddening thing. That is something that is incomprehensible. But God's character says that that you must be able to have the ability to accept or reject uh, the offer, God's grace offer, the grace gift offer, the Christ dying on the cross. You have to be able to accept that or rejected and a child or a person who has never had the opportunity uh never had the understanding to accept or reject well they will go in the rapture too so god will treat them as if they are saved and uh, so there'll be no um, uncharacteristic uh, uh treat, bad treatment of people uh god is fair in all of his dealings he's perfect character
0: how do you suppose those that are left behind will and those who are in charge from the you know the beast system how they will explain to the to the rest of the people what happened to the millions of people that were raptured will, will they will they may will they say that this was some sort of a massive alien abduction or what will they say do you think
1: i think i think it will be part of that that will be part of it i think it will be uh, you know all these ufo sightings we see we see some really strange ones here lately and they've become more prevalent. I've written three novels on this kind of thing. It's um, of course that's fiction, but uh, but yeah, I believe it'll be part. Of, you know, we hear more and more evolution replaced by the seed theory now. If you watch documentaries and listen, and that is that we were put here by an alien, uh, an alien uh, type uh, uh, species, and uh, we were seeded here, uh, and uh, and so we have been growing apart, and we've been observed by them. And now that we are about to destroy the planet through nuclear or war or whatever uh they're coming back and uh, I think that's going to be part of it and they took all people who don't ag- don't agree or are too hard-headed like me, for example, that they've taken when the rapture occurs, I believe they're going to be believe that they've taken us off somewhere and and re-educating us uh, or just simply getting rid of us and I think that's going to be part of the explanation now there be there's probably a lot more than that that i have no comprehension
0: of at this point. Uh, Let's see here, D. Silver in the YouTube live chat just wants some clarification on the difference between the Antichrist and Satan. We just have about two minutes here, Terry, so what's the difference between Antichrist and Satan?
1: Okay, uh, Satan is Lucifer, the fallen one. He led the rebellion of one-third of the angels of heaven uh, back before man was ever uh, created and he was cast out of heaven. He became the devil, Satan, and the devil. So he is a, a fallen angel. Antichrist will be a man. He will be a man like Adolf Hitler or whoever, a great leader that uh, that will be chosen uh, to uh, by Satan to uh, to uh, be the Antichrist to lead this beast in uh, beastly kingdom during the tribulation era. I believe he may be a Nephilim, and I can't explain that right now because I don't have time, probably, but. Um, uh, I believe he will not have a soul. Uh I think he's unsavable. But uh he and he will be um uh, a man, a human being, and uh, Satan is of course a fallen angel and he will Satan will as a spirit indwell this man at the halfway point of the tribulation era. So that's the difference. And and he
0: may be or at least likely, uh here now among us. He may not know his his role, correct? He may, a lot he yeah, may be active. We've
1: had many, many people have <laughs> they speculated on who the who the Antichrist is. You know, they thought Reagan might have been, or a lot of other people, JFK, a lot of other people, and now they're saying Emmanuel Macron, the um, the French president, maybe. But I don't believe I don't believe any of them's right. It says that he won't be revealed in Second Thessalonians, He won't be revealed until the church is removed. And uh, so uh, then he will be revealed, and Christ will destroy him with uh, the brightness of his coming at the end of Armageddon.
0: All right, again, the book is Lawless, End Times War Against the Spirit of Antichrist, and uh, that's available, again, through SkywatchTV.com, also Amazon.com. Terry, great meeting you, and thank you so much for this. Thanks,
1: Roger. appreciate it.
0: All right, God bless. Steve Asher awaits on the other side. High Strangeness from
1: Kentucky, right here on The Conspiracy Show.